over the vice. Hold it in the air and let's make our confession. Say it with me, this is my Bible. I believe the words in it. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. I believe there's power in the Word of God. I'm about to receive the seed of the Word of God and the devil cannot steal, will not steal my seed, but I will prosper from what I receive today and from this moment forward, I'll never be the same. The Word of God is the answer. The answer is in the Word. Amen. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I thank you that the entrance of your Word giveth light. I thank you for these, your people, and I now pray that you give them eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to perceive, receive, and understand your Word. I move out of the way you in charge. All of you, none of me, more of you, less of me. See through my eyes, hear through my ears, let them see, hear, and say, no man except Jesus the Christ, ministering and speaking these words of life into their being. And when it's all said and done, we will give you the glory, we'll give you the honor, and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. All right, so today we are starting a new teaching uh, probably will take us a little bit into mid-February or so. Uh, and then after that, I'll start a teaching. Uh, and some of the ministers will be helping me out with that one. And we're going to be talking about the power of the spoken word, uh, about you, the importance of you having the word of God in your mouth and speaking the word of God. And then after that, we're going to get into uh, family and relationships. Just trying to let you know what the Lord has put on my heart to share with you guys and and what direction we're going in so we've already dealt with purpose and you know we came out of the fact that out of uh, <clears throat> bringing you into the understanding that you're supposed you can have occupancy and access and so today we're going to start a series entitled the tithe the tithe understanding the biblical principle of tithing and following Abraham's example that's our theme, understanding the biblical principle of tithing and following Abraham's example. Today is part one, and we're going to keep this teaching very, very simple, very simple. Today, we will be singularly answering the question, what is the tithe? Now, I know some of you are going to have some questions. Some of you have heard the teaching of tithing before. Some of you never heard the teaching of tithing. There are many different beliefs depending on what camp you are part of. Some people believe that it was Old Testament and now under the New Testament, it's a matter of grace giving. That, so, so it went away with the Old Testament. You know, some people, some camps believe that it's, it's, it's giving only and whatever you purpose in your heart to give. And, you know, other camps like mine believe that tithing is an eternal order. That is something that God always put in place for the church. And so... I believe when we talk about this subject of tithing, I believe debating is good. I don't have a problem with debating, and because a person may believe one thing and someone else doesn't believe it, it doesn't always mean that it's bad. Uh, it gives us the opportunity to answer questions, right? And so I know some of you are probably going to have questions. Here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to hold on to your questions, give me the opportunity to teach it, right? And then if the question is not answered in the teaching, I'm going to have a moment where you're going to be able to ask that question and then we will address it. But I'm asking you first to hear the length of the teaching and you pray 
right? You talk with Holy Spirit about what you need to know about it. And then if that question is not answered, then we're going to do, we're going to give you the answer to the question. We'll give you that opportunity, that space to ask those questions and we'll answer them. Amen. And so again, uh, for my more mature saints who have been doing this and you're resolute in it, I just want you to hold on. I believe God still has something to say to you. But if you look around, we have a millennial church. We have some people that have never done church. This is new to them. How many of you have heard a teaching on tithing? On tithing, a thorough teaching on tithing. So not every hand in the house is raised. And so I think that it's important that we know this. And then now after I teach it, you have to become convinced and encouraged in your heart on what direction you're going to go as it pertains to this thing called the tithe. Amen? All right. So, uh, in Romans chapter 4, verse 12 through 13, and verse 16 is what we're going to use as a foundational text that we'll springboard from on today. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, nothing wrong with the King James, but the New Living Translation, uh, it simplifies that old English a little bit more because, again, we have people who have never heard the message, and we want to make sure that we simplify it as much as possible so that they can get a clear understanding. And so there in Romans chapter 4, verse 12 through 13, and then at verse 16 it reads, And Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised, but only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. So notice it's talking about the circumcision that he's their father too, but it's, it, it's not dependent on his circumcision because it was dependent on his faith, and that belief took place before he was even circumcised. So the circumcision didn't give him the belief. It's important that you hold on to that, because circumcision and not being circumcised uh, is a before and after law or before and in law thing, right? So circumcision happened because you were a Jew or in a part of that dispensation of the law, but notice, though, it says, but only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. So whatever we're about to talk about is outside of circumcision or outside of the law. Are you listening to me? Now, what makes something an eternal order, listen to me carefully, what makes something an eternal order is where it happened. And we're going to examine today that well, through this series that tithe or the tithe was something that took place before the law. Marriage is something that took place before the law. So anything that happened when the law came didn't change what was before it. Actually, we can stay in Genesis 1 and 2 and actually see the whole Bible. Genesis 1, 2, and 3 and see the whole Bible because all of that, it predates law. Some 430 years, actually, before the law even came into place. Now, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Verse 13 says, clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based, on, based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. Verse 16 says, so the promise is received how? By faith. By faith. It is given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, I'm sorry, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father 
of all who believe. The King James says he's the father of us all, but he's the father of all who believe. He's not the father of us all, right? Jesus was talking over there in the book of John. I mean, John was talking, and Jesus was talking, and he said, you are of your father, the devil. So let me just stick something in here. We are not all God's children. We are all God's creation. Like the song say, we are all God's children. No, we're not. We're all God's creation. We're not all God's children. Being born again is what makes you a child of God. You got it? Okay, okay, just want to throw that in. And so we see from Romans 4, 12 through 13 that Abraham is the father of those who follow in the footsteps of his faith or of the faith of Abraham. Now let's look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 9 through 10 in the Amplified Bible, two texts that we'll be using today. Galatians chapter 3, verse 9 through 10. And I want to encourage you to go back and read it yourself. I want to throw in that Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Many of you know that's one of my favorite scriptures. It says that these were more noble than they in Thessalonica and that they received the word of God uh, with readiness, but they also went back and studied to see if those things were of God. So I want to encourage you to do your own study too. Don't just stop with what I say. As a matter of fact, that's with any pastor. I don't care if it's an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It shouldn't just, what they say shouldn't be the end all. You should go back and study that thing out yourself. I think that's why many believers miss it and fall because what they actually do is make the man that they say is not God, God, or the woman, God. Because they stop there and they don't do their own independent follow-up to see if what they said is of God. And if they miss it, it's okay. You got to learn how to eat the meat and, right, it doesn't change who they are. And, I, and, and we got to stop that. Just because a man or a woman of God missed it, that's why I don't go to church. No, you don't go to church because you don't go to church. You, you don't go, people get shot up at the club and you be there next Friday talking about the shootout that happened. So it's amazing how bad things happen in the world and it don't stop us from going. But all of a sudden, somebody do something wrong in the church, and all of a sudden, that's why you don't like church. Get out of here. It's a spiritual hospital. It's for sick folk. It's for liars and thieves and folks that got it messed up, like shot folks, stab folks, sick folk go to the hospital, not well folks. So why are you looking to see all well folks at the church? The well need not a physician, Jesus said. I came to seek and save those. It ain't number hypocrites in that. Right, we hypocrites because we have a hippo. <laughs> <laughs> and we need him to heal us. That's why we're here. So we really the real people because we recognize we got a problem and we need the spiritual hospital to help us. It's a crazy to have a sickness you know you can't cure and then to stay away from the hospital and say you don't like it. That's foolish of you. So the real hypocrite is the one that say they don't like the church, not the one that's coming. I can't believe they cussed in the church. They got a mouth problem. They sick in the mouth. That's why they heal. They sick in the mouth. I just want to deal with that real quick. We be saying all this stuff and it don't be making no sense. You don't put clean dishes in the dishwasher. You don't take clean clothes to the cleaners. And well folks don't go to the hospital. You don't see a bunch of well folks sitting up in the emergency room. So why are we expecting clean folk to show up at the church or to be in the church? Well, they say they got Christ. That's the first part. Gym membership don't make you lose weight. It just gives you interest. 
I'm concerned. Yeah, you visited here today. You shouldn't have came with that type of mindset, brother, because I hear well in the spirit. So it's best for you to shed all that down and, and, and go somewhere else because you picked the wrong fight. Just sit here and listen to the word. And if you don't want to come back no more, don't come. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Folks be coming here trying to make your church what they want to make it. Go start your own church and let's see how many members you get then. Crazy self. Don't make me call your name out. You better sit there and chill. <clears throat> so, I don't mean to go there, but I just don't like when people come to church like that. Like they all that. Like they, like, like, the, ooh, okay, I'm sorry. God bless you. I love you. God loves you too. Okay, so, Galatians chapter 3, verse 9 through 10. Says, thus Abraham believed in and adhered to and trusted in and relied on God, and it was reckoned and placed to his account and credited as righteousness, as conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. Verse 7 says, where am I at? I'm in the wrong place on it. I think I, I think I copied that down wrong. All right, let me get over there because I messed that up. My, my fault. I was about to pick with Kim and say, Kim, I gave you my iPad. Did you delete some? No, I'm just joking. Verse 9, the Amplified Bible, it says this. I'm sorry. So then those who are people of faith are blessed and made happy and favored by God. Am I in the right place? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As partners in fellowship with the believing and trusting Abraham and all who depend on the law, who are seeking to be justified by obedience to the law of rituals are under a curse and doomed to disappointment and destruction. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed, a curse devoted to destruction, doomed to eternal punishment. Be everyone who does not continue to abide, live, and remain by all the precepts and commands written in the book of the law and to practice them. Did I, what, I said 10, right? Okay. So, now watch this. So the scripture just told us, so, who, so all who believe as Abraham believed are blessed just as Abraham was, right? And they're blessed as Abraham was because they're following in the faith of Abraham all right elementary just stick with me don't don't go past what we're talking about today we're only talking about what is the tithe and we're using Abraham as our character witness because the Bible says we're supposed to follow in his steps and as we're progressing through this series we're going to see that Abraham tithed and he did it before the law you got it and so what is the tithe Genesis, write this down, Genesis chapter 14, verse 18 through 20. I'll read it. I'm reading out of the uh, original King James Version. It says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was a priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which have delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he, Abraham, gave him, Melchizedek, tithes of all. He gave Melchizedek tithes of all. So here we go. A, the tithe is defined as a tenth. It's the tenth part or 10%. Here's a much easier way to understand that. It is a dime of every dollar. A dime of every dollar. Come on, say a dime of every dollar 
It's the tenth part. Abraham gave Melchizedek 10% of the goods that he owned. 10% of the goods, because he didn't take anything from that war when he finally met a king that was worth tithing into, King Melchizedek. We'll get into who Melchizedek was later. He was a natural man, but it was not who Melchizedek was. It was what Jesus saw that caused him to tithe into Melchizedek, and he gave him tithes of all. He gave him a tenth part. Are you listening? So the tithe is taken from what? It's taken from the believer's increase. Come on, say increase. Now, Abraham tithed from the increase that God gave him. Look at Genesis, real quick, Genesis chapter 13. Let's look at Abraham. Genesis chapter 13, there at verse 2. Genesis chapter 13. I'll just keep reading for the sake of time. You write down. Take good notes so you can go back and study. Abraham tithed from the increase that God gave him. Now, uh, just stay in Genesis 13. Remember in Genesis chapter 12, God told Abraham to get thee out of thy father's house into a place I will show you. He said, and I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. And then you shall all nations of the earth be blessed. Isn't that what he said? And then the Bible goes on to talk about, uh, he, he also told Abraham he was going to make him a great nation, right? And that he was going to bless him and that he was going to make his name great. Remember all those things he promised Abraham? Now, when we get over to chapter 13, verse 2, it says, and Abram, his name is Abram at this time, and Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. So it looked like to me God is keeping his word. Because this guy, this, he's come up, he's rich. Come on, say he's rich. And this is what Abraham tithed to Melchizedek from. He gave him a tenth part of his earnings. Now, I want to show you something in, verse, in chapter 14. Uh, if you look at verse, uh, verse 22, Abram said to the king, uh, no, verse 21, and the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. Typically in those days, if you went to war and you beat out that king or that nation, then you not only took those people, right, you also took the spoils of the land. And so Abraham went and defeated four kings, right? He went and defeated four kings. We'll talk about that later, just trying to get you to see the story. And so from that defeat, Abraham should have taken spoils. At verse 21, though, it says, And the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord. How did he lift up his hands to the Lord? When he tithed, he was saying, you, I'm just getting ahead of myself, tithing is worship. So he's saying, I've already lifted up my hands to the Lord as it pertains to goods. Then he goes on to say, um, I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich. So from the scripture, Abram took nothing from that war, right? Because some, some arguments are that, well, Abraham tied because he took something that wasn't his. He, he didn't do it with his money. He did it with what he got from the war. Well, right there, he didn't take anything. So it was from what he acquired that he tied. Do you see that? Okay, okay, okay. Just want to kind of dispel some myths, too, while we're, we're moving along this way. Now, listen carefully. Increase. What does increase include? 
Increase include income you earn, job, your business, etc. It's income you earn. Come on, say income, income. I earn. It's, it's, it's income you earn from pro, uh, uh, profits from sales. It's income. Dividends from investments. It's income. Income from settlements. It's income. Now listen carefully. Do not tithe. Listen carefully. Very elementary, but you got to get it. Do not tithe off borrowed money. Do not, what did I just say? Do not tithe off borrowed money. That is not income. That's borrowed money. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Stolen money and money obtained through illegal activity is not increased. So you don't get PPP that you don't deserve and tithe off of it. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. I'm going to teach you as best I can. Insurance for expenses is not increased. It's not increased. Scholarship money is not increased. You shouldn't tithe off scholarship money. Child support is not supposed to be increased. So you don't tithe off child support money. It, it, listen to it. They t it tells you what it is. You get no planner than that. It's called child support. So you don't tithe off that. Does that make sense? Come on, I'm trying to help you. Now, listen to this. It's, it's, it's increased. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with the first fruit of all of your increase, all your labor, what your hands put to increase from. Now, I want to stick this in. I think that this is a, I think that God gives, I think, I believe, and if you believe differently, fine, I believe that this is a matter of choice to a person if they want to tithe all financial gifts. I think it's a matter of choice. Some teachings see that as being increased. You know, you get them dollars on you for your birthday, and people say, pay your tithes. Well, I, I think that's a matter of choice. And now, now, why do I say that? Because if I gave you a TV for your birthday, how would you give me 10% of it? And God don't expect you to go and figure out how much it costs and then tithe from that gift. So if I'm supposed to tithe from the financial gift, I should, I should consider the amount of every gift and tithe from it too. Or else that wouldn't be right. I wouldn't be tithing to do it only with money and not to do it with a car or a TV or an outfit. You get what I'm saying? I think it's a matter of choice. Now, uh, me personally, I, well, I got to tell you what I do. Well, I will tell you what I do. I, I'm, I'm at 30%. I not only tithe, but I get 30% of what I get back. That's, now, that's where I am. I'm believing God for something. You get what I'm saying? So don't you be me. I'm just sharing with you. And, and, and it's optional of whether or not I want to tithe off a gift that's given to me. Now, I'm a pastor, so most pastors uh, 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 receive increase from members putting money in their hands. Well, I know that that's as a result of my work, right? So to me, that's increase. You get what I'm saying? So I have to tithe off that because that's increased. Does that make sense? 
Okay, so I'm just, want, I'm just trying to lay it out so you now have to make a, a inner heart judgment on what you would see money being tied at, what money you would see being as something I need to tie from. You got it? Any questions, hold on to it. We'll answer it later. So, is tithe taken from gross or net? Is tithe taken from gross or net? Well, well, listen, listen, don't, you ain't got to try to help. Let me see. Gross is the total amount of your income. That's before any taxes are taken out, any money is directly deposited or taken out for 401k or anything like that, right? IRS, all of those, or any other expenses that you have are taken out of your check. Net is the amount left over after non-optional deductions. Now, are you ready for this? Come on, say non-optional deductions. Okay, so here's the answer to the question. I heard some people say net, I heard some people say gross. Here's a beautiful balanced answer. Since there is no scriptural reference to gross or net, I conclude it to be a matter of personal conscience. Now, here it is. Here's what will balance that out. Romans 14 and 5, the A portion of the scripture. Romans 14 and 5, because tithing is personal, so I can't make the way I do it the way you do it, right? There are some things that we know 10% is what? 10%. You can't make 10%, 2%. So there are some things as it pertains to it that, that that's, and then it's first fruit, right? I, it, should, it should be the first of my doing. It shouldn't be pay bills, you know, go shopping, and then tie. It's the first. I'm, I'm letting God know that you're first in this, right? So it should be the first thing that I do, but watch this. When you get your check, there are already non-optional expenses that have already touched that money. Does that make sense? So, so what, what is the gross person going to do with that? Are they going to tell their, their, their employer, stop, don't take no, is, no, take no tax out of nothing, and I'll handle it? No. So that money has already been touched. It's, it's a principle. It's a heart thing. You got it? So watch this. Romans, uh, did I say 14? Verse 5. Verse 5a says, one man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded where? Now let me deal with some, let me deal with the Sabbath person that's in here. You gotta have church on Sunday. Well, you gotta take that law and push it through the cross and establish it according to Ephesians 2, 19 and 20 upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. You also got to push that scripture through the cross and sit in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, and the Bible says that God has appointed Jesus Christ to be heir of all things. So the law don't hold the rulership anymore. Jesus does. Right, right, Jesus does, not the law, Jesus does, and Jesus healed on the Sabbath, Jesus allowed the disciples to go in the field and work and eat on the Sabbath, so what you gonna say about Jesus, because he broke the Sabbath, you know why? He said because Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Now, when we look at it in the New Testament, the Bible says about the Sabbath that it's a matter of choice. Then he goes on in the book of Colossians and said, let no man judge you of the holy day. Let no man. So it may be a, a pastor somewhere that he realizes that because of the culture of that city, Friday night is the best time to gather the people because there's more liberty in the city and it's the best time to gather the people. Guess what? To that man in that church, that's their Sabbath day. 
So it, 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 it was, it, it, there still should be a Sabbath, but it's a matter of choice in the New Testament. And it just so happened in our Western culture and almost all around the world, we typically do it on a Sunday. But we have, we have Thursday Bible study too. Uh, and, and let me ask you a question. If then the Sabbath is the only time we're supposed to have church, do you read your Bible and study any other day? Or is it just on Sunday? And so what you call that day? I'm convinced of this. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. So for me, every day is a Sabbath. Praise the Lord. So notice the scripture said, though, that one man esteemeth another day, every man esteemeth the day alike. Let every man be persuaded in his own heart. So I'm saying this to this matter of gross and net. You've got to be persuaded in your heart concerning it. Now watch this. Here's the answer. Here's the answer. If you tithe from the net and you receive an income tax refund, you should tithe from the refund. Right? If you get your check and you realize what your gross was and you tithe from your gross, you've already tithed, so you don't have to tithe again when you get a refund check. Does that make sense? Now, if you want to be all hard up and go and do the numbers and find out how much extra, well, then you go through all. I don't believe it's that deep. I think it's a matter of the heart. You get what I'm saying? You're trying to get it all the way down to the penny. Well, okay, I'm going to let that be you. I'm going to look at the number. I'm going to count how much I got, and then I'm going to give God his dime. Because think about it. We're only talking about a dime. Isn't it amazing that we're in question about a dime? And that's all God asked us for. There's even an argument circulating in the church. Hey, how a dime. You got you to give God a dime. That's just the starting point. That's the least. If, 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 if money was so important, why God, made the, why God made it the least amount you've given? Why he just made it a dime? Well, that ain't for me to question. And if it is the least, why so many people struggle with doing it? It's the, see, this is what God's saying. If you, if you want... He that is faithful over that which is least is faithful also over that which is much. So God is saying, I know you won't do right with the much because you can't even be trusted with a dime. Listen, people, listen, praise I just want to drive that point home. All we're talking about is a dime, a dime. God gives you $10, and he say, just give me a dollar, and you keep the nine. He gives you a dollar and say, just give me 10 cents and you keep 90 cents. People say, I can't afford the tithe. You got 90 cents, he got a dime. You got $9, he got a dollar. You got $2,000, you gave him 200, you got 800 left. Just seeing if you can count, $1,800. <laughs> they count that money, you said they count that money that quick. No, no, pastor. No, no, pastor. <laughs> Count that money, boy. All right, so here, here's another. What should we do with the tithe? What should we do with the tithe? We learned that tithe is 10%, right? We, we talked about uh, it's off our increase. It's off what we work for. You got to be persuaded in your own heart if you're going to do it off gifts that you get, right? You, 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 you be led of that. Um, is it taken from gross and net? We covered that, right? What should we do with the tithe? Well, there was no temple or tabernacle worship during Abraham's time. 
No temple or tabernacle worship during Abraham's time. Abraham, the Bible says, he gave his tithe to Melchizedek, the priest. The priest. Come on, say the priest. Watch this. It was Melchizedek represented, that priest represented the future of the church. And so the local church was the future. Malachi 3 and 10 um, says, bring the full 10% into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. King James says, so that there may be meat in mine house. That word meat means supply. Now watch this. In our day, the storehouse is the local church where God has instructed you to connect and where you are primarily fed spiritually, taught God's word, and developed as a Christian. That's your storehouse. Now, I want to pause right here and say something. There are college students here that have jobs. There are people here in town on contract, and they've, they are partnering with this church while they're here, and I get this question all the time. Uh, I have not left my membership at my other church because I'll probably eventually end up going back there or I just have not, ex uh, you know, expired that membership. But I come here and I, I want to know what do I do? Do I tithe there or do I tithe here? I say, well, it's your choice. But if it were me, I would ask you to tithe where your membership is and give offering here. But you have to choose on what, that's, what you're going to do in that case. You make that decision. That's not for me to tell you. You make that decision. And over and over again, people come back and say, thank you so much. I went and prayed, and the Lord told me what to do. Well, that's, what, that's what's supposed to happen. The Lord is supposed to tell you what to do. Does that make sense? So I hope that may have answered a question to someone that may be here, and you still have a church somewhere else. Now, now if you at right way, and you, you, you hadn't joined yet for whatever reason, and you've expired from that other church, and you left there because you wasn't eating, well, how would you eat at Burger King and pay McDonald's? Notice I said where you are spiritually taught the word and where you're being developed as a Christian, right? So if you don't have a church right now, you don't have a church home, well, you tithe where you're being spiritually fed at. Amen. So we should primarily give our tithes to our local church. You don't take tithes and you see the people on the side of the street with signs and decide you're going to tithe there. You don't tithe to someone that's homeless. The Bible says... You bring the tithe to his storehouse that there may be meat in his house. That's what the scripture says, right? If you marry your husband or your spouse shouldn't take their paycheck and be taking care of another family. Hey Amen. I'll, I'll, let me get off that one. I'm just, I just wanted to find a good example enough that you could see it. Now, let's look at this, though. Let's look at this. When we, we talk about what should the tithe, what is the purpose of the tithe, Malachi 3 and 10 says, so that there may be food, meat, or supply in my house. So the tithe is the material and financial revenue necessary to finance God's world vision and to finance the church. That's how we do that. Come on, say, that's how we do that. Now, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 29, write it down. It talks about the distribution of the tithe. And in that scripture, it says that the tithe is for world evangelism. That's the stranger. It's for the needs of the poor. 
that scripture says the fatherless and the widows, watch this, and it also says that the tithe is for human resources. Those were the Levites, the priests, the workers that were inside of the temple. That's what the tithe take care of. Pastor can't be taking all the money because the lights are still on, the band is still showing up, and people are still coming to work. If the pastor was taking all the money, well, no, we'd be having candlelight service. Right? The band wouldn't be showing up, so we'd be singing the tracks if we had no other choice. You get what I'm saying? Some churches sing the tracks because they don't have musicians. And we get music and they disappear. It's because we don't have the financial wherewithal to take care of those responsibilities. So the tithe provides meat or resource for the house. The reason that we're able to feed thousands of people every fourth Saturday is because tithes and offerings allow us to do that. Right? Give away gifts and things, and then also take care of people that work in the house of the Lord. Got it? So let's move a little further. What is the curse? Malachi 3 and 9, he says, you are cursed under or you are cursed with a curse. Now listen. Listen at this. I want you to lean in right here. God is not saying if you do not tithe, I, God, am going to curse you. That is not what God is saying. That is not what God is saying. God is not and will not put a curse on non-tithers or anyone else. He will not. Now listen carefully. Let's talk about a general curse and a specific curse so we can understand what the scripture is showing us. Uh, a general curse is the knowledge of evil and death. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 through 17, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. It says, But the Lord warned him, Adam, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Watch this. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Oh, watch this live separated from God. We know that Adam did not physically die because he lived hundreds of years. So it wasn't immediate death. It wasn't an ate from the tree and died, cursed, sickness, and disease. No, 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 no. He lived, Adam lived separated from God. Do you see that? Now, I'm going to say something right here. The tree in the garden was a type of tithe. And notice now, it was in Adam's hands, but it was never supposed to be in his mouth. So, watch this. All increase you get touches your hand, right? But it should, it's a dime of that that should never go in your mouth. That one tree, leave that tree. You got all these other trees you can eat. You got 90 more cents. 90 more dollars, 900 more, you know, whatever that would be. Can't you just leave the dime alone? The dime don't have you broke because you still got more than the dime. Now we need to talk about stewardship, not the tithe being the problem, but what are you stewarding with the rest? Because just because you give a dime don't mean you can live raggedy with the 90 and expect the dime to take up for the nanny that you messing up. That's been the mentality of the church. Open the windows of heaven, pour me out a blessing, and we buy 
$1,000 clothes and $1,000 shoes and $1,000 trips and then expect, well, God, I tithe. Why am I broke? Because you are a poor manager of money. It has nothing to do with the fact that you pay tithe and tithe got you broke. If you move into a brand new house, praise the Lord, you got the house. It's yours. You plan on living there for a while. Didn't nobody say you got to go furnish that whole house right now and put yourself in debt and I can't afford the time. Well, you could have had you not took the tree and made it a couch. Yes, you could have. You could have. Maybe right now it's not time for that size of a car. Kids look real good right now. Hyundai's look real nice right now. But you decided because you wanted, you wanted to look good in the eyes of people to jump way up there and you struggle paying tithes because you got too much other stuff that the ten need that you need the ten for. Come on, let's just tell the truth. And shame the devil. It's not that you can't afford to, because watch this. Who tithes? Everybody that gets increased. So if you work and get a check, it's not that you can't afford to. Preaching good, Pastor. It's not that you can't. You can't tell. Adam could have tied because God gave it to him. You got all these trees out here. I've, I've put you, I've given it to you. Wasn't that the job you prayed that he give you? Yes, it was. And did he not answer? Yes, he did. So you can't say you can't afford to give him the dime. No, listen, you, I'm, I'm talking to somebody because I know y'all building houses. I'm seeing them. I know y'all getting houses because you're telling me. Don't, don't, you ain't got to furnish the whole house right now. Bedroom. If all you need is the bed right now, them plastic containers, they'll work to put your clothes in. But you go and get the dresser because you want the room to look elaborate and you ain't ready for it yet. Don't put yourself in that. I've been there. I've been there, done that. Don't put yourself in debt like that. Don't do it. Amen. Amen. And it's still looking. You just tell people, no, nah, I don't let people in my bedroom. <laughs> I don't let people in my bedroom. They're my, they're my secret guard. No, nobody come up in there but me and my wife. That's it. Children don't even walk up in there. Now let them see the rest of the house, but you don't know and go up in there. Well, ain't nobody got to know that you, don't, you, you just right now on the bed because I'm going to sleep good and I'm going to get me some good kitchenware because I'm going to eat good and I'm going to get a nice couch with people coming over but I furnish what I can. I don't have to get myself in debt because God, you gave me the house. It's mine. I ain't got to rush it. And now we feel like we got to rush it so now we don't come to church no more to see the God that we was with that gave it to us. Now we got to go find another job so we really don't even get a chance to live in the house like we want to because we knocking 24 hours out working two jobs. Well, what good is it to have a house and not be able to enjoy it? And all you do is sleep, eat, and shower in it. And sometimes don't even eat stove brand new. You ain't burned up. You ain't burned an aisle yet. You ain't cranked up the stove yet. Pan's still brand new. Ain't even burnt up under the bottom. No oil on the nowhere. Like, did anybody cook up in here? But you'd have been through two microwaves. <laughs> two microwaves. Oh, you teaching good, Pastor. I'm trying to help y'all out. Because we, right where it's a blessed people, but I'm trying to tell you, sometimes you got to be willing to let it happen in your life in stages. Listen, God can give you a whole $100 bill, or he can give you five. 
Come on, catch the revelation. He, he, he said, I'm going to give it to you, but he didn't tell you how. He can give it to you all at one time, or he can five you out. If he five you out, just wait, because eventually it's going to total 100. But the church, we, we say God going to bless. We're looking for the boatload so we can believe. But you don't see the day-to-day -day stuff he's doing in your life. And he ain't working. Well, he ain't working like you want to make him work. But he working if you open your eyes and see that he's giving you daily bread. He's giving you daily bread. Before a cup runs over, it got to first fill up. You don't even realize he's filling you up. He may pour a little bit in you on Monday and none else till Friday, but he's filling me up. Okay, so that, that general curse, God, so watch this, God only wanted man to experience good. So it can't be a curse, that's Genesis 1 and 31, he saw everything he made, it was good and very good, so God ain't cursing because he, he made how, He made everything how he originally wanted man to experience it, very good. So that curse can't be talking about God cursing. The general curse was introduced in the fall of man and it's operating in the earth today. Listen, tithing doesn't stop the curse from operating in the earth but it does hinder its impact on the life of a believer. So tithing is a blocker of the curse to the believer. Are you listening to me? In other words, here's a beautiful example. Tith say tithing is a blocker to the curse for the believer. It's not God cursing. No, it's not God cursing. The curse is already in the earth. Tithing becomes the blocker. Y'all ready? It's raining outside. It's raining outside. And you don't want to get wet. So you pick up your blocker, and your blocker is called an, it's called an umbrella. Now, the umbrella don't stop it from raining. But what it does is stop the rain from getting on you. So tithing don't stop the curse, but it stops the curse coming at you. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Then there's a specific curse. Malachi 3 and 7 mentions, return to me and I will return to you. Listen, listen at this. Return to me and I will return to you. This is not a threat, but it's an offer from God to help. It's not a threat. God ain't, you, like God, I ain't, I'm not with you. So I'll turn if you turn. No, 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 no. God is offering help. When he say return unto me, he say, hey, let me help you. Now watch this. Uh, a specific curse is... Facing an evil, cursed world that is influenced by our spiritual enemy without God's supernatural power. So when I tithe, I impose God's supernatural power on my finances. Listen at this. A position, it's also a position of only having mental and physical power at your disposal. So when I'm up under this specific curse, right, if I put myself up under it, I, I don't return to God. And, and so I, I, don't, I don't employ God's help financial help on my on my part with the tithe well I only have you and I only have mental and physical power at our disposal we don't have no supernatural power at our disposal and that's why people will go and get two and three jobs and it still don't measure up they it still don't even a playing field for them because they don't understand you only went and got another job to try to do it with your own mental and physical power and you need supernatural help because Satan is not a natural being he's a spiritual being does that make sense? 
In other words, watch this. He says, you can eat of every tree, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat from that tree. But you know what we often do as believers? When we don't have enough, we go and eat more from that tree. We never turn to the tree of life and eat from the tree of life. We keep eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So if this job ain't doing enough, I'm just going to get me another job. Let me go get me another piece of fruit off the tree. So I might decide, I think I'm doing better, but I'm just eating another piece of fruit off the same tree. And if that don't work, I'm going to go find me another little side hustle. And all, all we're doing is keep picking off the same tree. And here's what God says, return to me. Let me help. There is no life at that tree. Return to me. It may taste good. You may see something coming from it, but it dissolves so quick. It runs right through your hand because you don't have supernatural assistance on your side. Listen to this. He said, you robbed me even this whole nation. I'm done. That's the last part. Just very simple, right? We just went all through Malachi. So God ain't cursing. You can, you can wipe your forehead from that. God ain't cursing you because you don't tie. Some of you right now, let me free you. You are not cursed. You're not cursed. God, that's not what the scripture said. But this part right here is what the part that, that, that got me. Where he said, he said, you robbed me even this whole nation. And I was like, God, how, how not tie that rob you? Not only you, how does it rob the whole nation? And I just got to ruminating on that thing, and I got my answer. Well, God is suggesting, listen carefully, that when the church is not tithing how God wants the church to tithe, the church doesn't look how God wants the church to look. Watch this. The church is not operating and functioning in the earth like God wants the church to operate and function, and the church becomes hindered. And if the church is hindered, then God is hindered. Okay? Watch this now. Watch this. They don't see the world, don't see Jehovah the way they need to see Jehovah because the church is his bride. Listen, listen at this. And the bride matches her groom. Now, this just an example. This just an example. I'm going to use a parenting example, and then I'm going to use a spouse example, right? Here's a parenting example. Child is at the school. Parent gets a phone call from the school. Parent has to come to the school. Parent is mad or upset at child. Why? Come on. Because, yeah, they got to come to school. That's one reason why. Because they got in trouble. I like what you just, because why? The misrepresentation of the, of, the, of, the, of the home is why the parent is really upset. Watch this, because I didn't send you to school to be acting like that. Some of us would say, come on, to, to be acting a fool. <laughs> got some parents in the house. To the point that they got to call me and watch this, watch this, and you got me up here looking like a, woo, what you say? So the actions of the child made the parent look, and then we get up there and they looking at the parent like, are you really parenting? Right? That's what they think. Because if you are, why is your child, okay, okay, so now, now let's, let's, you have robbed me even this whole nation. God is saying, you making me, church, bride, 
look like a fool. Because you're supposed to be representing me and look at the disappointment that I have to bear because you're not where you're supposed to be. He said, you're robbing me because there's something that's supposed to be on you that a dime would do that would make you shine. And people won't be disappointed in you. People will want to be a part of you. That's one example. My second example is in relationships. Now, this is the only one I have, so I'm not being, I'm not being chauvinistic, but I have a wife that I love. And my wife is rather, she's shapely, right? She, she got it all in the right place for me. You get what I'm saying? Like everything about it. You got what I'm saying? But now, I don't want my wife to leave out the house with something on that allows every man to see what should only be for me. I, 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 I would imagine that neither does a wife want her husband leaving out the house. You know, he may have, she may like his chest meat. I think that's what they call it. Whatever y'all call it, you know what I'm saying? May like his chest, you know, his arm, <laughs> whatever. I don't know I'm a man. I ain't a woman. I'm just I'm trying my best. Help me. Pray for me right long down through here. And, and that's what she like. That's, that's hers. Right? Right, ladies? Y'all help a brother help a brother out. Right, ladies? Whatever it is, whatever it is, that's what you like, right? Just like we like what we like on our wives, husbands, significant others, you like what you like, right? That's yours. Well, you don't want him walking out the house showing that out to everybody, do you? No, that's yours, right? That, that's yours. That, that's, that's for you, right? And when they walk out the house, and they showing it off to everybody like that, what's supposed to be yours, they don't feel good, do it. They don't look good, do it. They, they get, make you start questioning the relationship, don't it? Like, like, why in the world, why do you look like that? And they marry. Don't they have a husband? Catch my example. Ain't he married? But he out here like he trying to catch something. Is she mad? Well, she out here like she trying to catch something. Like she want her DM fool. Here's what God say. He say, you're robbing me because you're married, but you're out here like you're single. And I'm trying to put something on you and send you out in a way that people will look at you, and though they can't have you, they want what you got. And in wanting what you got, you then are able to point them to me because I can husband them, although you can't. So if my church don't look the way it need to look, and then I got to show up sometime and I'm disappointed because people don't want me because how they see me taking care of you. He said, but I can't because you won't allow me to help you. And that's what tithing does. It employs the help of God. It's deeper than what we see. We just see it as money. You got to give new meaning to it. It's deeper than that. It is employing God's help. God got to show up and do what he got to do. He said, you're robbing me. Watch this. Even the whole nations. He said, this thing is bigger than what you think. It ain't just to take it from just being the local church. Think about the whole world. What is the tithe we found out today? 
We'll get a little deeper tomorrow. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. I pray your people go back and study it for themselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.